Welcome to the Wild Grand Rapids message of the week. We hope you're encouraged, strengthened, and experience the presence of God through this message by Apostle Kathy L. Ali. You guys ready? Today is a new day. Today, I am being transformed by the power of God, by the presence of God, and by the word of God to never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Whew. What an amazing, 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 amazing service. And I thank God for his presence. Um, I'm really echoing up here. I'm getting feedback. Um, wow. Thank you, Jesus. I was, um, I mentioned briefly, I met with my revival group um, this week, and I'm, I don't know why, but I got put into the East Coast, <laughs> so everybody else is on the East Coast. I'm like, I'm not really on the East Coast, but that's okay, but those, they're, my, they're my people, and just hearing what God is doing in all of these other churches, um, just so similar, and the timing and everything of when we started really experiencing um, God in like what I would say, like a measure of revival. I believe that God is getting ready to just usher in the greatest awakening that we have ever seen. And as a result of that, um, how many of you can feel the fire of God in your life personally? Raise your hand. Like I will find myself saying something and then going, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Or I find myself picking up the phone going, hey, you know, I blah, 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 and, you know, would you forgive me or whatever. There's just a heightened sensitivity to uh, righteousness and um, to really being set apart. It's not religion. People are like, well, that's, I don't want to be religious. No, that's not religion. Religion is a set of rules and standards that you can never live up to. But to actually come out from among them and being separate and being holy, for he is holy, is not religion. It's actually righteousness. And it's something that he's called us to. Um, and, you know, as leaders, you're all leaders. You're all leaders, whether you realize it or not. You're leading somebody. And um, we're called to a higher standard. And people who are leaders in the church, too, you're even called to a higher standard. And so that our conduct would be such a way that when people are looking, they're actually seeing Jesus. They're not seeing religion, they're seeing Jesus. And so if you would turn with me to Proverbs chapter 3. This is like, these are like my life scriptures. Uh, when my grandmother, um, well actually before she had passed away, my grandmother had given me this Bible, it was a living Bible, and um, it was for my confirmation. I, had grew, I grew up in an Episcopalian church. And um, she wrote these scriptures in my Bible. And I remember opening up the Bible, seeing it, and trying to read it. And it was the boringest thing I could even, like, I was like, eh, this is not doing anything. So I'd close it. Maybe a year later, I remember grabbing it off my bookcase, uh, bookshelf, got it back out, opened it up. I'm like, I don't get it. Closed it, <laughs> put it back. And this went on for years. Year after year, and it was like, it was like I don't know if it a became a tradition to me, but every once in a while, I would just grab that Bible, I would take it out, and I would open it up, and it just made no sense to me. Very confusing. 
It wasn't until I came to know Jesus Christ and the veil got removed and I, op- I grabbed that Bible, I remembered. I was in my 20s and that Bible had traveled with me everywhere I went and I had moved several times and that Bible still was with me. I opened it up and I remembered that she wrote something in it and this is what she put in there. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. And I remember reading that, and all of a sudden, I was like, oh, I get it. It made sense what happened, because the blinders got removed from my eyes. The light of God came in me, and now all of a sudden, his word became alive to me. What seemed like gibberish before was actually now alive. I'm looking out at you guys and I'm thinking my greatest desire, and I know it's God's greatest desire, which I think is why it's become one of mine, is that we would really, like what Max had said, get hungry for God on a whole new level. I'm so grateful that you are here today and I'm so grateful for the people who are watching. I just know that God has so much more for us than what we're currently experiencing. And I'm not talking about a feeling. Feelings are going to come and go. I'm talking about a real depth of relationship. Can you hand me my Bible, please? I brought this today, and I'm bringing it with me more and more because I remember, I'm not trying to go back to old wine or anything like that, but this right here, I mean, I devoured it. It's so, this is like the second or third binding I've had on it. It's, it has, it's all marked up, and there's, got, there's tear stains and everything in it. And you guys all remember those Bible cases, right? And I had my highlighters and my, everything was in there. I loved it. But then we got these. And it's almost, I'm wondering if our devotional life is less than it used to be because of the inconvenience, not the convenience, the inconvenience of the smartphones. Because we no longer have to carry this big lug around. But I wonder, what does it look like to do that? What does it look like to go to a restaurant and actually pull out your Bible and sit there and read? What does it look like in the morning to have this be the first thing that you see instead of your social media that's on your phone? What does it look like when you go into the restroom, come on, we all do it, and we bring our phone with us, and we're sitting there a lot longer than we used to because we're like just scrolling through. Oh, I'm gonna text so-and-so. Oh, let me check my email. Oh, yeah, look at that. That's, wow, they went there again. And they just keep going. What would it look like if we had different devotionals or our Bible that was sitting in our bathrooms where we could grab that instead? What am I trying to say? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. That word ways is different than path. In all of your ways, that's talking about your attitude. In all of my ways, my, my, my character, the way that I'm looking, in all of my ways, 
I'm going to acknowledge him. He's going to be the one that directs my journey with my heart in the right place. I'm not going to try to be cool or try to like match up with what the world is doing. I actually want to look a little different. And I'm not talking about your clothing. I'm talking about this, our persona, what we give. I was thinking about um, the other day. I'm just, just sharing my heart. I hope this is okay. I was thinking the other day about um, how I reflected on my life, and I'm like, God, I say I trust you, and I, and I pray all these beautiful prayers, and I'm like, oh, I trust you, God. I trust you with my life. I remember saying I trust you with my son, and then something would happen, and I'd be like, oh, God. And immediately I would get discouraged, and I'd get heavy, and I'd have to like, you know, but I'm, oh, no, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. It's kind of like, um, oh, it's kind of like this, for lack of a better prop. This is my on-the-fly prop. So we're, we go to the Lord in prayer, or in our conversations, it's the same thing. It's, prayer isn't just, you know, sitting there, you know, hands folded, eyes closed. It's, I'm in communion with the Lord. And so all day long, I'm saying, I trust you, God. In all of my ways, I'm going to acknowledge you. In all of my ways, with my crappy little attitude. But he wants our attitude to be aligned with his word. So I'm going to him, and I'm saying, I trust you. And I put the, all these things on the altar and I said, trust you with my finances. I trust you with my relationships. I trust you with the church. I trust you with my career. I trust you with all these things. And then when we're done, I pick those back up. <laughs> I would put them right back where we were. To trust the Lord, it takes actually knowing him. I can't trust someone I don't really know and have an intimate, personal relationship with. And trusting him doesn't mean that it's going to work out the way that I want it to. And that's the hard part. Because by George, I know exactly what's supposed to happen. I know what I want. And I'll quote this scripture. Well, he gives me the desires of my heart. Well, my desires may not always line up with his desires. And yet we, we, we hold on to those things. And it's like, you know what? Okay. Yeah, I trust you. You're not moving fast enough. So I'm thinking, oh, I've got a plan. That's exactly what I'm going to do. How about you're at work and you really want a promotion and you've been working hard and... You believe that that promotion should be yours and it should be coming up soon. And so you take credit for something that's not yours to take credit for. But you figure, well, you know what? I know I'm going to get a promotion anyway, so I'm just going to take the credit for it. I'm going to position myself. What's happening is that we are trying to control and manipulate circumstances so that they will actually line up the way that we want them to. They may not be the way that he wants them to, and they may not be in his timing. So I began looking at my own life with relationships and with, with, with situations, and I'm like, wow, I could have saved myself a lot of heartache if I would have just trusted him and really believed that he had my best interest in his heart. 
He does. It just doesn't always look the way that we want it to. Does that make sense? So when we're trusting God, we're literally saying that we trust in his promises. So I want to read some of his promises. God promises salvation to all who believe in his son. He promises that all things will work out to the get together for the good for his children. He promises comfort in our trials, not the absence of them. He promises us new life in Christ. He promises us every spiritual blessing in Christ. He promises to finish the work that he started in us. He promises peace as we keep our eyes stayed upon him. He promises to supply our needs. He promises rest. He promises abundant life to those who know him and are following him. He promises eternal life to those who trust him. He promises his disciples power from on high. He promises that he will return to us. And that go on and on and on. Oh, Jesus, that we would just fall so in love with you again. Some names of Jesus. He's the Almighty One. <clears throat> He's the Alpha, the Omega. He's the Advocate. He's the Author and Perfecter of our faith. He is the Authority. He is the Bread of Life. He is the Beloved Son of God. He's the Bridegroom. He's the Chief Cornerstone. He is the Deliverer. He is the Faithful and True One. He is the Good Shepherd. He's the Great High Priest. He's the Head of the Church the Holy Servant. He is the great I am. He is Emmanuel. He's the indescribable gift. He is the judge. He's the king of kings. He's the lamb of God. He's the light of the world. He's the line of the tribe of Judah. He's the Lord of all. He's the mediator. He's the Messiah. He's the mighty one. One who sets free. He's our hope, our peace, prophet, redeemer, risen Lord, rock, sacrifice for our sins, savior, son of man, son of the most high, supreme creator of all, resurrection and the life, the door, the way, the word, true vine, truth, victorious one, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father. He's the prince of peace. Oh, Jesus, we love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. In you, we move, we live, and have our being. We abide in you. Unless we abide in you, we can bear no fruit. For without you, we are nothing. You are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And we love you. Rachel, would you come up, please? Um, many of you would have gotten handed a handout um, when you walked in. If you didn't get it, there'll be leftovers at the bridge. 
And what those are is they're like conversation starters and different ideas for you to reach people who don't know Jesus or who are unchurched or who are just post-church. In some way, in some capacity, they're lost. And it's our beautiful responsibility and honor and privilege to be able to actually share Jesus Christ with the people that are around us. And it's really on God's heart. It's on my heart because it's on his heart that we would take time for the one. We're putting together a, a book of just testimonials of how different people have um, been able to witness to the people that are around them. Max was just sharing in the... Um, huddle this morning that he's prayed for a guy in jiu-jitsu, I guess is how you pronounce it, um, who's not a believer. He had pain, what was it? Bone spurs and arthritis, excruciating pain for years. Is this not right? Surgery multiple times. He's completely healed. Not the, what I, the message I thought I was going to give. It's really heavy on my heart. We need to shake off the cares of this world, the pride of life. We want to make more so we can have more, so we work harder. And we have a fatherless generation. And it's sad. We spend so much time thinking about us. My pleasures, my hurts, my wounds, my life. And we forgot the simple truth that our life is not our own, that it's actually hidden in Christ Jesus. all are on different scales of that. Some of you may be like, no, I'm actually a lot more dead to myself than I used to be. But we could even become more. Some of you may be back here, like I used to be more on fire for God and more hungry and I don't know what's happened. I just don't have it there. Like I feel a little bit of his presence and service and then I go home and status quo. We're all at different places. I'm not trying to mark all of us saying everybody's like, you know, you just all backslid, and I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is there's more. There is more. Wherever you're at, on a scale from 1 to 10, 10 being epiphany, 10 being I'm like living in, we're all living in eternity, 10 being I can see Jesus, I'm going to be, be with him. We're all somewhere in that scale from 1 to 10. And one thing I know is that we cannot store up for ourselves treasures on this earth, but only in heaven. And that one day we will all stand. And this is my heart, my life's message, because we are all going to stand before him. We are all going to stand before him. 
And I, I don't want to hear then, well done. I want to hear it now, well done. I want to hear it now, today. I want, it, I want us to be able to, to give more of who we are for Him and not just for us. That my first thought in the morning and my first, first thought at night when I go to bed isn't about me. It isn't about my hurts and my wounds and my, my, my victim mindset and mentality. Because guys, this life is not easy. He was never promised us that. He never said, I'm going to give you a rose garden. He said, in this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer for I've overcome the world. What does it look like for us to actually have a victorious mindset? That does not mean the absence of hardship. When we say trust in the Lord, with all of your heart, with all of your being. Lean not on your own understanding because we really don't know. We can look back at 10 years, from, 10 years ago and go, wow, look at that. Yeah, I see that now. But see, I'm right here now. I may think I know what to do, but I don't know what's coming up 10 years from now. I have to actually trust and lean upon Him in all of my ways, in all of my attitude, in my disposition, I'm going to acknowledge him. He's the one that's going to direct my journey of life. Oh, Holy Spirit, come. Oh God, that we don't treat your presence just so common. That it actually dishonors you, but that we will always come into your presence with absolute awe and wonder. See, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Our position in Christ has nothing to do with our works, but our his pleasure for us does. Jesus of you, revelation and understanding of you. If you're a business owner, stand to your feet, please. Father, I pray over these businesses. kingdom come and your will be done that they're set apart for you the awesome responsibility and opportunity to employ people to give them a livelihood 
May the core values of every one of these businesses here line up with your core values. They'd be full of honesty and integrity, sincerity. That people would look upon these businesses and they would see something different. That they would be run the way that your kingdom is run. And I even pray, God, that anything that is out of alignment, any dishonest gain, that you would reveal that to them. Use them, Jesus, to expand your kingdom upon this earth. Now let me also say that we are all kings and priests. Kings speak of those who bring in like the finances. The priests are the ones who are sowing the spiritual seed. But let me say this, don't ever let your kingly anointing get in the way of your priestly anointing. We have to have both. Praise you, Jesus. Now all, just everyone stand to your feet. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. How many of you in here want to take the challenge this week to reach out? I gave you this challenge before and I never got one email. I don't need an email. We'll take a challenge to reach out to at least one person this week. share with them the good news. I don't care if we live in a, the Bible Belt. People don't, not everybody knows the fullness of Jesus Christ. Raise your hand again. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening. We hope you were impacted by this message. For more information about the Well Grand Rapids, please visit our website at www.thewellgr.com.